They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menzoir. Hold on, brother, to me as we go, as we roll down, as we roll down, this unfamiliar road, where are we, where, where are we, and although this way, is stringing us along, just know you're not alone, you're not alone. Cause I'm gonna make this place your, your home. home. Home services. Home Get it? Services. Home services. <laughs> As in Berkshire sure, Hathaway. Hathaway. Uh, you get it? You get what? it? Welcome, everybody. It's your favorite podcast. It's Thoughts That Rock, where we uh, lay out some incredibly tasty leadership nuggets for you in about a half an hour. Yeah, and we're excited about today. We're going to talk about our guest in a moment, but just wanted to let you know this episode is sponsored mm-hmm. by Hint Water. Oh. It's the fruit-infused flavored water with no added sugars or GMOs. <laughs> Loved by all ages, Hint Water. Screw that sugar. Give me a hint. <laughs> a hint of what? <laughs> I get it. Hint Water. Look, obviously, we know you listen to this to get those little tidbits of leadership. But if you want something more, if you want a full feast of leadership nuggets, you need to have Jim and myself come for certified rock star. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's our edutaining culture and leadership training program that we offer a half day, full day, multi-day masterminds. Boop, it boom. really depends on what you need. And now we even do it virtually, 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 virtually. So you don't have to be, we can do this from our own studios here in Central Florida. Walk your people through an incredible experience, mm-hmm. talking to them, trying to amp up both your culture and leadership of your organization. For more information on that, certified rockstar.com. Yeah, and listen, if you like the show, do us a huge favor. Just take a second to give us a five-star rating and review. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, that stuff matters. I mean, if you're looking to help us grow the show, as as we obviously are, but there's another reason. There's a philanthropic angle. We love to make money so that we can give as much as possible to our philanthropic partner, which is? Well, this podcast goes to support Cannonball Kids Cancer. Mm -hmm. This is what they do. They provide options to kids who've been told they've run out of options. So if they can't find a treatment, they fund a treatment. They're the only organization doing this type of work, this one-of-a-kind research that really helps kids who have been sent home to hospice. So we would love it if you would check out what they're doing and how you can be involved. Cannonballkidscancer.org. And we also know how busy you are. Yep. I mean, just taking a moment to listen to us is fantastic, but we know you have uh, a, a reason. I mean, you're trying to amp up your life. And so we get it. This is yep. probably not the only thing you're doing. You're probably listening nope. to the show, but you could be doing something else too at the same time. Sure. I mean, it doesn't really matter to us. I mean, yeah. you might be, 
I don't know, writing an essay on the differences between Bewitch's two Darren's. How do you spell Bewitch? Maybe you're shaving your head bald. Maybe you're gripping a saddle horn on a bucking bronco. <laughs> Doesn't matter to us. We just want to be the 30 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. Let's do it. Uh-huh. Our guest today is Chris Stewart, the president and CEO of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, one of America's fastest growing real estate brokerage networks with over 50,000 agents, 1,400 offices. I mean, amazing. He's a, he's a big fish. Chris, thank you so much for being with us on Thoughts That Rock. Absolutely, guys. My pleasure. So excited to be here. So the backstory here, Jim, is is fantastic. So uh, I was very uh, fortunate to be able to speak for Chris and his team down in South Florida last year and uh, at their national conference and just honestly fell in love with their culture. Um, what an amazing leader he has been. And they're just, you know, breaking records and, and doing all the right things. And, uh, you know, we had him scheduled to appear on on the show yeah. and somehow things got lost in the shuffle and we never actually were able to connect. And just recently, um, he posted something on, on social media and I responded to it and he was like, Hey, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for getting all of my people's cell numbers for your MLM. And we were, we just went back and forth with it for forever. So I love the sense of humor and the fact uh, that uh, we finally were able to get this. We are, yeah. we're going to point everybody to uh, the show notes for the full bio, but, but basically what you need to know here is that um, Chris is a, uh, you know, HSF Affiliates is sort of the parent company of Berkshire Hathaway, where he is now the CEO of, of both of these organizations. Before that, he was part of the exec team at Intero Real Estate Services in Silicon Valley, um, helping that brand grow uh, through the, the franchises and uh, was also involved in sort of the tech strategy, the leadership development, training, agent recruitment, everything there. He's won several industry awards named to uh, RIS Media's 2019 class of real estate newsmakers. Awesome. I mean, I think everyone is familiar with Berkshire Hathaway and just the, the quality, uh, you know, it's, I, I always relate it um, to that sort of, uh, when I think Rich Carlton, you know what I mean? That, that quality that of service mm-hmm. that you get that, um, the, the extra touches and just making sure that, that everything is perfect. That's what you get when you deal with, with Berkshire Hathaway and their agents. Um, that comes from top down and, mm-hmm. and, and we've experienced that with Chris already. Oh, yeah. And so we, um, we run things a little bit differently here, brother. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that we jump right to the meat and potatoes and your incredible advice. So we want to just open the floor to yourself. What is your thought that rocks? Absolutely. And I, and I got a caveat this with it. The the idea that I wanted to have fun with this, this thought that rocked and the quote that came with it. And I'll explain more in the backstory, but the, the thought is this, that when your outgo exceeds your intake, that your upkeep will become your downfall. Mm hmm. Absolutely. I love, I love that. Give us, give us some of the, uh, the, the context behind that for you. Well, as I, you know, as I, as you referenced Brant, you know, our, you know, kind of the, the way we came together at the event last year and then some of our exchange earlier this year on social was just fun. And I just, I really uh, identify with you guys and your, uh, your style. And I've listened to uh, a lot of your podcasts and I just love your energy. And I felt like, 
man, I can't just give these guys, <laughs> I can't just roll out some kind of like, you know, tried and true quote that everyone's heard of, you know, let, let me, let me, let me, you know, do something that's some somewhat original. And so, you know, but, but the reality is in my world, I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of small business owners, yeah. obviously agents themselves are small business owners. Yeah. And so in, in mortgage and, and all the related services around real estate. And, you know, I think the one thing that I see uh, and or the, the, the gap uh, that I that is missing with a lot of people is authenticity. Yeah. And a lot of times it's the fact that they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. And really, that's where that quote comes from. Right. It's keeping up with the Joneses. It's I'm spending more than I make. And that in and of itself is going to crater me. That will tear me apart and rob me of my ability to go chase my dreams and goals. And as you know, many small businesses can attest, you know, the, the, the best thing that you can be is you, yeah. whatever that is, you've got to find that, that swim lane of, of, of genuineness and just chase it to its very end. And, um, and, and that's, that, that is what I see both in the very, very best people that yeah. I'm around yeah. and what is missing a lot of times in the folks that are struggling. So that's really where it came from. Just try to have a little fun with it. I love it. You know, I think that it, it, it has to affect like, you know, if you're like me and every once in a while you find yourself on a Saturday afternoon binge watching Million Dollar Listing on Bravo, <laughs> you know that the, the shit show that follows that, that, that sort of concept of these, you know, they're outspending their income. You know, they're trying to make sure they look like they're capable of selling a $10 million house <laughs> or a $20 million house. Um, it, it, I mean, it has to be exhausting for these agents to try to, to maintain that level, right? I mean, is it something that you find in newer agents or is that something that carries through to even some of the veterans? You know, I think that I, I see it in, in, um, I see it in, in all phases, um, and it's primarily a function of people are, are looking for answers. They're looking for something that is a shortcut to the hard work. Yeah, and and so that could be that could be a seasoned agent yep. that's looking to maybe uh, switch markets. Maybe they're looking to expand the market and get into some neighboring market. Maybe they're looking to elevate their average sales price. Yeah, maybe they relocated. You know, maybe they moved from one state to another, and and so I, I see it in yeah in all in all phases. And uh, and I would I would say universally, it is it is a, a an attempt to shortcut the hard work. Yeah, I mean, I just look like this, or sound like this, or dress like this, or mm-hmm. yeah. you know, drive this car, and and uh, and you know, it's just um, it's 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 it robs them really of their ability to go to go you know get what they would otherwise get with the hard work and authenticity. Is I mean, is there any validity to that thought process? I mean, do you have, I mean, obviously I'm sure there is the occasional client that, you know, if you pick them up in your 78 Chevy Nova, maybe, maybe they're not going to uh, want to list their million dollar house with you. But, um, you know, is there, is there any truth to, um, sort of putting forth that, that image that might not be authentic? Well, to a level, I, I think that there's, um, you know, that's the other thing, too, is I feel like, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a lot of uh, what we're wrestling with, you know, personally, professionally, socially right now mm-hmm. is that there's there's no black and white. Right. That yeah. It's everything is a shade of gray. Everything mm-hmm. is 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 it need, must be contextualized. Mm-hmm. And so I think to an agent that's, um, you know, appealing to a certain type of clientele. Yeah, there is an expectation. 
um, there's an expectation that you look good, that you dress well, mm -hmm. that you don't smell, <laughs> yeah. that your car is clean. Yeah. But but look, I mean, uh, you know, every every model of, of sedan these days in virtually every price point and every brand looks good. Yeah. Keep it clean. Keep yourself clean yep. and present yourself that way. And I actually I think I think customers here's what I here's what I believe is missing is the element of trust mm. in our industry. I think that is a that is a, a, a very a very missing currency in our industry um, because most people don't transact real estate enough to really develop the muscle memory to know what to trust or how to sniff out mistrust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so if, if, if we trade on the currency of trust as opposed to image, um, I think, I think we're better served. And, um, and so, you, you know, we don't have to be in the best car with the best suit. Um, and, but, and still present ourselves that way. Yeah. You, you know, you talked to Chris about uh, a lot of the people that you work with, whether they're entrepreneurs or or business owners or even CEOs of other companies. I, I think when I was first looking at this thought, and, and it's an oldie and a goodie, right? I, I definitely believe that it's very common sense, but you know, it's, it's it's not so common for a lot of people. I, I think either they feel like they don't or they can't figure out this ratio. When you're talking about outgo exceeding your intake or your income you know a lot of people just don't even do daily budgeting so if i was to even take it down to and we're talking financial here but you could obviously apply this to all aspects of life right but you know they they don't figure out that geez i've got to delete some things that don't really matter and it might be I don't know, cable television or Netflix or, you know, not eating out as much or not getting massages or, you know, brand the latest iPhone, the latest mm -hmm. technology, right? Like there's somebody at some point has to sit somebody down regardless of what their, you know, their you know, level is of making money and go, if you're spending more than what you're bringing in, that's going to be an, that's going to be an issue, right? At some point, I guess maybe my question would be in addition to all of these perhaps senior executives or owners that you work with, you know, how has this helped you in your, your different various roles, but certainly as a CEO, when you're talking to somebody who's maybe living paycheck to paycheck, but yet they haven't figured out that ratio. Yeah, it's uh, it's such a great point. And especially, you know, some of the things you mentioned today, I think, especially in this, in this, you know, kind of like service drip economy, I call it service drip because, you know, five ninety nine service here, nine ninety nine service here, fourteen yeah, yep. ninety nine service. It adds up. This man, this little, this drippage, man, it, it does add up. And people look at, and they got you know a lot more months at the end of their money, and um, and that's what I'm saying is it rob it robs them of the 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 the, the, the stability and the yeah. security and the certainty and the willingness that they need to take the risks because when you have no money. It's hard to take risks in the sense that, uh, you know, you, you, you got to pay the rent and, and most people have children and they've got these things and, you know, you just can't be foolish that way. Yeah. And um, yeah. And so I, I think, you know, so here's here's another key part of uh, of our discipline is we manage our group um, to um, a, a methodology called the four disciplines of execution. Oh, yeah. And the four disciplines are basically this focus on your wildly important goals, act on your lead measures, create a. Uh, a scorecard and uh, create a cadence of accountability. 
and and that's basically it. And it, and it's a, it's a great. It sounds like you guys also operate that way, and it's it's a really great methodology. Yeah. And so the thing is, you got to know what score to keep. See that that's the biggest thing I feel like financially with a lot of people and businesses is what score are you keeping? And see, a lot of people's score would be gross revenue. All right, my gross revenue is increasing. Mm -hmm. Okay, but if your expenses are increasing greater than your percentage of increase in revenue, then are you really winning? And is that really then the score? And so helping people understand net income, uh, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, pre-tax income, gross margin, like these things are – uh, are the scores and you know you work in an environment like Berkshire Hathaway and you understand that very vividly yeah yeah <laughs> we make that <laughs> very very clear so yeah I definitely uh, at least you know responding to your question my the, you know my my own personal objective is to try and get as many people in our organization to understand that to think that way and then to help them you know create the the right modeling and the right reporting and the right visibility so that they can, in fact, you know, you know, win where it matters. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and to that point, I mean, and I love that analogy. Well, first of all, I think the four disciplines of execution, I don't know if that was part of uh, Stephen Covey's stuff. I know that they, they push that sort of same mentality, but your service drip economy is like the perfect analogy. I mean, Brant and I probably right after we talk with you, we're going to go get, you know, some coffee somewhere. And, you know, the great Dave Ramsey says, you know, just skipping one grande latte like a day. If you were to just do that just during the weekdays, you save $1,500 a year. Yeah. And you go, $1,500 a year is a big deal for someone. And yet yeah. people still feel like they got to go out and do that stuff. And I guess my point is, you know, these small little choices, they do add up. They make a huge difference over time. And if people can think of that. <laughs> yeah drip 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 you know you don't need all of this other stuff if in fact you're underwater if you're backwards from your expenses to what you're making in your net income i love that analogy well i think too that it's you know chris this is uh, you don't know this about jim but he has the dos version of iphone yes um there's nothing is, wrong with that it is like i swear to you um, i'll fax you the instructions <laughs> it is literally i have to i'm like seriously dude come on you're one of the most successful speakers on the planet how about getting a phone from this century and uh, but but you know to, to jim's credit where he spends his money is in the sort of uh, return that the people who hire him get, right? So he would rather take the money and spend it in an area that's going to produce results for his clients. I see that in your culture there. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most impressive things that um, I was able to. And I've, I've stayed in touch with with several of the agents there who who just really believe in this idea of defining what matters most, but, but this idea of not just taking money and spending it or trying to live this, this Instagram culture, right? Where, where you're trying to put forth your best life and it's, and it's not real. And, and to have to keep up that facade becomes exhausting the deeper that you get. And, and instead, wouldn't you rather see some of that money going to better marketing of your clients' properties to, you know, um, having a, a deeper engagement to figuring out what they truly want and doing the research to know that the place that you're going to suggest is going to meet the needs of that client. That is what I saw coming from 
the the agents that were at the conference saying that you know I'd much rather listen. I, Obviously, you're right. You want to, to look presentable. You want to you know, have a clean car and all those sorts of things. But at the end of the day, what they care about is having a happy client and one that will refer uh, their friends and family to say, I had the most amazing experience. And I think that that's really... It would it would seem on the outside to me that that is how you have built this incredible business there is based on the quality of referral because of that level of service. Is that, would I be uh, uh, correct in assuming that? Yeah, 100%. And in fact, I, I want to go even, you know, go even further in that regard. In other words, I, I feel like yes to your question, uh, but we can, we can get better um, by leap, leaps and bounds. In fact, I think most of our agents can you know, double or triple their product production with even more of a focus and more of a strategy around it. Mm. You know, it is something that it's interesting. I think in these times, it's, it's a weird time right now, right? We've, we've got this scenario where people are out of work and it's the highest unemployment, but it's also the lowest mortgage rates we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, the, the market is still there to be to be sort of had, I think, and those that can afford right now, knowing that this is temporary and, and we're going to pull out of this, um, the ones that have the ability can actually find themselves some incredible deals right now and, yeah. and, and buy way more house than they could have ever possibly afforded before. Are you finding that that's something that is, that is being realized right now, or is it just sort of this overall, everybody's nervous to make any decisions at the moment? No, I mean, the, the real estate market is, uh, red hot. And, um, and I'll, and I'll tell you, it's, 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 it is fueled by, uh, historically low mortgage rates for sure. And when people look at, when we look at the unemployment, you know, we have to understand that, you know, 15 to 20% unemployment is terrible. It is catastrophic, yeah. but that means that there's, you know, 80 to 85% of people that are still employed. Yeah. And, and for those people, what's happened with COVID and now, you know, what's happening socially is there's now this entirely new spectrum of homeowners and current renters mm -hmm. that without this COVID and without this social unrest and what's happening, they would have been completely content living wherever they're living right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. They had no ambition, no even intrigue. And that's changed because yeah. their employer has said, now you can work from anywhere in the world. Yeah. Don't do not have to come back into the office physically. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, hey, I might not want to be in the inner city. I might not want to have to share an elevator with four or five other people or, you know, wait an hour to get up to my 25th floor uh, apartment unit. Um, and so so actually we're seeing record breaking increases in terms of month over month sales as we've come out of mid-April, basically. Wow. And the average sales price is going up. And so the other key contributing factor is this. You go back 30 years, we've only had four negative years in U.S. home price appreciation in the last 30 years. Every other year, it's been positive home price appreciation. Hmm. The four years negative that we've had have all surrounded the Great Recession, 07, 08, 09, yeah. 11. Yeah. Now, here's the difference. Okay, here's the difference. When we went into the Great Recession in 2007, we had what we call 10 months, 10 to 11 months of housing inventory supply. When we went into COVID-19, we had three. Hmm. And since COVID-19, the months of inventory supply has actually retracted to one to two months of supply in many markets. That's surprising. Wow. And so the, the way that we measure supply is we say, okay, 
if the current number of homes for sale in a market, okay, so you just take your market area and you say, here's the total number of homes for sale. Let's just call it a thousand. Let's say that we didn't add any new houses for sale in this market. So we just stayed at a thousand. Mm -hmm. If we use the last 12 months of buyers as an indication of the demand going forward, how many months would it take for that buying demand to absorb those 1000 units? Mm. And we divide, we divide that and, and that gives us our, what we call our months of inventory. Mm. And so again, great recession, we were at 10 months. Yep. COVID-19, we were three. And so you can see yeah. it was, it, now we had record in terms of buyer demand. We had record and, and continue to have record levels because of the mortgage rates. And now because of people's appetite uh, to, to move and find second homes or, or just permanently relocate. Yeah. And so that's what's driving home sales, uh, home prices up is it's supply and demand, right? We just have way more people wanting to buy homes than there are homes available to sell. Wow. And so it, it is a, it is an interesting time. It's an interesting time to sell because home prices are going up in the midst of this. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, it's just very interesting. And, and, and here's my thing, my thing, and it goes back to the point you made earlier about really doubling down on service and driving at, you know, referrals and things like that. I fundamentally believe this, that most people, at the end of their life would say that they regret or regretted not owning more real estate. I'm yep, just curious yep, for you I guys. What, what do you think about that? Agreed. Okay. Totally. So, yeah. so, so then I say, okay, guys uh, and gals, our, our network to our network members. Okay. If that's the case, and we can all universally agree with that. I don't think it's really debatable. Um, then what role as professionals should we play in helping to mitigate that? Because yep. the more people that own real estate, better for us, right? Yep. And so what is it that we can do to establish a trusted relationship that ensures people have the access to the information and have a trusted relationship so they can be comfortable not knowing what they don't know and being comfortable taking the advice and guidance that we may give them throughout the course of their life? And that's really the, that's the home run ball we're looking for, that I'm looking for. Yeah. And I think trading on the Berkshire Hathaway values of trust, integrity, stability, and longevity really put us in a unique position to do that. I tell you that that is actually really inspiring to hear because, you know, first off, I don't think a lot of people think in those terms, you know, when, when the stock market goes down, people, you know, they, they start to get really worried, not thinking you could look at it as things have happened to you and woe is you, or you could look at it as a great opportunity to buy at that time because you know it's going to go back up. Same thing with yep. home sales. And even, you know, Brant and I were just, we were driving around, it's probably a couple months ago, yep. and I just noticed if you go back a year ago, we both live in Central Florida where, for the most part, the, the market for, for buying houses was also super hot a year ago. Everything in my little township would sell in less than a day. I mean, there, there was nothing on the market. Now, there's a lot that's available. I mean, the inventory that's available is is getting pretty vast. But because of the low mortgage rates, because of just in general, you could you could make a, a great offer and get more land, more house, whatever it is. It's a perfect opportunity for somebody. So, you know, I don't I don't worry too much about it. But to hear somebody like yourself who's in the know of all this stuff, it it, it actually is inspiring. So you don't think, oh, what's going to happen while we're going through this season, this COVID season? Yeah. It's a great opportunity. Not everybody's going to have the opportunity for sure, but those that do, 
you know, don't don't poo-poo all the stuff out there. You got to look for it as a great opportunity. And actually, it probably fits in Brant with our thought as well, because I think we can we can connect the two together. What is yeah. our our thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock number two. Well, our thought that rocks this week comes from, of course, Stephen Covey, and uh, the thought is this. Most of us spend too much time on what is urgent and not enough time on what is important. And I think to, to Chris's sort of thought, as well as what we've been talking about, um, this sort of switch to being able to work from home has really sort of turned the real estate world upside down in places where people were struggling to afford a one-bedroom apartment in a San Francisco or a New York. Now, all of a sudden, if they can work from home, they can have an hour commute somewhere mm-hmm. and afford a, a house and some land and, and uh, way more space than maybe what they've, they've been accustomed to because of this ability to now sort of commute virtually to, to work every day. But I think it also comes down to if people start to focus on what's important and not what's urgent. So what's urgent is I got to go to the office every day, but what's important is the quality of life I want to live. Right. And so I think this really comes back, Chris, to, to trying to get your agents to understand that this isn't transactional, right? You're not, you're not just getting in this to, to have a transaction happen where I need a house, you find me a house and I buy a house, or I need to sell a house. You need to sell my house and find me another one. Um, to more of this advisory role, when it comes to what you just said as to most people wish they had maybe owned more real estate. Well, now that's not transactional. That's being a a real estate advisor and really helping people understand what's possible. And the fact that because rates are so low, because we have this opportunity right now um, that, that might present itself a chance for someone to purchase that cabin on a lake that they never thought they'd be able to afford. Or, you know what, maybe they refinance their house and take some of that money and purchase a rental property or something like that. These, this is a whole new world that's born out of this, this crazy hardship time. But as you said, we're seeing these record numbers happen because I think people are starting Starting to focus on what's important and not just the urgency of what's happening in the moment. Was, mm-hmm. Is that somewhere in the ballpark there, Chris? Yeah, it's well said. Yeah, we, we could just draft you right over to our PR communications group. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of my MLM. That right That's down. right. <laughs> that was the goal of today. That was the goal of today. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. That that's um that I couldn't have said it better myself and, and that is the ambition and I, and it is the opportunity. Yeah. You know, and and I think that that is uh, that is very important for for people to uh, to consider is you know who are they reaching out to for advice you know and and what is the I call it the ecosystem of trusted partners that need to come together to really make sure that this is in fact a good decision could be a you know could be the accountant yep um, obviously the the mortgage uh, loan officer uh, has a role and you know, making sure that those people have a good chemistry together and, and are ultimately service servicing the customer's highest needs. That's the, that's the, that's what we want to shoot for. Yeah. I obviously brand, as you know, love this quote, cause I'm a Covey guy, you, you know, and, and yeah. Chris, you might not know this just for some full transparency. I ran training and development for hard rock international for 21 years, but 18 of those during that time, we brought in a lot of the seven habits of highly effective people. So I was a licensed facilitator for Covey for a while. And, you know, I know this quote very well because he, 
uses these two words that when you put them together, when something's urgent or not urgent and important and not important, you create a, a quadrant basically. And everything that we do falls into these four areas. And I, the point that I make is, you know, we as a society, we get addicted to the urgency. You know, the phone is ringing. You feel like you got to pick it up. The text comes through. There are some people that have to look at it yeah. every single time. You get mail in the mailbox, you know it's crap, but yeah. you open it anyway. <laughs> yes. It's just it's proximate. It's in your face. Yeah. It's that whole deal. And that's fine if it's important. Yeah. You know, and, and but the problem is, you know, unless something is, let's say, urgent and important, it's a crisis. You have to deal with it. Yes, totally take care of that. But the majority of really, really, you know, the, the things that matter to you, it, it, it lines up to your mission, to yep. your value orientation. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, those things are important to you, but they're not urgent. They, right. they should be on the back burner. Yeah. You've got to bring it to the front. And I guess my question may be for you, Chris, is, you know, you know, you're going to be more productive and effective and happy when you focus on those things that are just important. How do you get your agents or maybe even just the, the people in your life to do that, to not focus on just the urgent things? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's, it's, first of all, it's a constant dialogue. You know, I think that's yeah. the one thing uh, I'm just, I'm speaking personally, I'm yeah. sorry, professionally now to the oh, networks is, yeah. you know, um, cause dealing with my, my family and loved ones, that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother uh, Rubik's cube over there. Are those but important our, or urgent? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, to, to, to our network and the, and the agents and, and business owners is, um, you know, I've recognized that I just have to have the energy and willingness and almost excitement to, you know, literally say the same things hundreds of times and, and, and to be okay with it. And just to, recognize that everyone's going to embrace something in terms of a learning or a piece of guidance or, or experience on their own terms and on their own time and, and, and when, you know, and when they need to embrace that. And that's just kind of, um, you know, an out, outcome of our culture as an industry. It's a lot of hard charging entrepreneurial type A typically type people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's just the way it is. Um, and so just got to constantly, constantly, um, you know, reinforce that. But again, going back to I'm, what I'm trying to do is instill the idea that the, the, the fundamental things that we're focused on is exhibiting trust, integrity, stability, and longevity. Are yeah. those things present in everything that you do, how you present yourself, how you follow up, you know, everything that you do, can we see and feel that? And if we can't, then, there, then there's a gap and let's address that. And so we, we spend a lot of time with our strategies and tactics, um, you know, trying to trying to manifest what that should look like on behalf of the agents and um, and, and companies. And so a lot of times it means, look, if you if the only thing you're sending out to your to your community and your database is, are you ready to buy? Are you ready to sell? Are you ready to buy? Are you ready to sell? Then what what exhibits longevity about that? Yeah. You know if you're not giving information and, and providing, um, you know, illustrations of, of what not to do or lessons learned or sharing some of the things that, uh, that, that, uh, you, you've encountered in your real estate experience over the last year, what, how are you exhibiting trust? How are you manifesting trust and integrity, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and, you know, the other thing too is, is highlighting all of the great wins that we get, um, from clients reaching out to us directly uh, you know, with testimony on their, on their agents or companies and, you know, exposing that as part yeah. of our culture. So, 
you know, there's just so many different things that I feel like we're doing, but it's all in an effort to get back to these these core values that we have as an organization. And uh, and just hopeful that the agents, uh, as they experience that, 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 that at some point they say, you know what, this is a different approach. Mm-hmm. And in fact, this is this is more because it is more important. It's driving uh, the things and priorities that I'm establishing relative to the urgent and, and, and I'm seeing business, re- you know, uh, results because of it. Yeah, man, you're speaking our language. I'm looking at Brent and he's shaking his head because I know, Brent, this is the work yeah. that you do when you're talking about bringing these values that you speak of to life. It's the same mindset that Chris says, right? Yeah, I mean, what's inc- yeah. what's incredible, Chris, is that so what you just described is is literally what my new book is, is all about, which mm-hmm. is this idea of identifying what I call your black sheep values. And these are those values that no matter how much someone wants to try to influence you or change you in some way, they simply can't because they are, they are uh, unchangeable, unmovable, because uh, similar to a black sheep's wool, they can't be they can't be changed. And so the interesting part of what you're talking about is, you know, while farmers, I was 47 years old when I figured out why farmers don't value black sheep like the rest of the flock, and it's it's because their wool can't be dyed. But that doesn't mean that they don't have value. It means that the farmers use them in a very different way. And so farmers keep one black sheep for every hundred white sheep in their care as a marker. So every morning, a sheep farmer wakes up, looks out over his flock, and if he has 500 sheep in his care, he should see five black sheep. If he doesn't, he knows there's something wrong. It's disease, it's famine, it's wolves, it's whatever might happen. And what allows that to happen is their uniqueness, their ability to be 100% authentically original gives them the farmer's first look every morning. And that's what happens when I talk to organizations now is, is getting them to understand when you lead with these things that are your black sheep values, the four things you just mentioned, when you lead with that, what you are enabling is getting people's first look Mm -hmm. they see it they recognize it it's that uniqueness and authenticity that allows it to shine and because of that is that not what you want from your clients from your family from i mean you want to be people's first look you want to be that trusted advisor you want to be the one that they that they go to instead of the 495 others that look exactly the same and are saying the same things the the other thing that that really people need to know is with regards to sheep, uh, a lot of people will tell you that um, sheep can recognize their shepherd's voice. And, and the truth is that, that sheep recognize the voice of the person that feeds them. And, and the, the truth is that sheep have a very short-term memory. And so if you are constantly feeding these black sheep values, they will always be right there for you to use at your beck and call. They're waiting for you to call them and they will recognize your voice. However, if you are feeding the wrong sheep, if you are feeding those insecurities, that that uncertainty, that fear, that all that other stuff that's surrounding there, guess what? They're right there as well looking to be fed. So that's why you need to own these values and really allow them to shine so that that's what people see first. That's what makes them feel comfortable. That's what gets them to go. I want Berkshire Hathaway end of conversation. Mm -hmm. And that is um, literally what this entire new book is about. So I love that, um, that you are pushing people to lead with these, with these black sheep values that the organization possesses. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome, man. 
That's that's fantastic. I do think you need to probably change the titles. Black Sheep, the Berkshire Hathaway story. I don't know if Chris has approved that. It sounds perfect, but I think there's a little trademark issue there. I like that. It's all part all part of my MLM strategy to to, to absolutely mm-hmm. move that entire organization into my smart team of coaches. Smart. That's right. I, you know, and yeah, I yeah, just co-opt a fifty thousand agent downline. That's, that's perfect. They're all they're all going to be coaches. They will be selling real estate and helping people. People realize their values. I mean, that's a win-win in my book, Chris. Every time he's with the client, they open up the kimono and it's, hey, would you like to buy They say, look, book? I know you want to buy something, but tell me what really matters to you first. <laughs> yes. I'm, sure, I'm sure that's what a home buyer wants to hear. You know, and I, I, I do think about, uh, and again, I'm going to tie it back um, as we wrap up here to your quote as well. You know, I'm, I'm maybe all three of us are list makers at some point, And I just, I remember again, going through that training with Covey is that people that actually write out lists, there's a reason why it feels so good to check off a list because endorphins are released. You know, you basically are giving yourself a shot of adrenaline. You know, it just feels good, especially if it's a list that you created and you wrote. So, you know, you get into that mindset of writing out what you want to do for the day. And that's one thing. And a lot of people will still stick to prioritizing a schedule, right? But I think what what Covey has always talked about is you need to figure out a way instead to schedule your priorities. You got to put these first things first in place. And that goes back to some of the value work yeah. that you do do brand what Chris was talking about. And I guess my point is, you know, again, I'm looking at the language from your initial thought, Chris, of you know, when your outgo exceeds your intake or your income, your upkeep becomes your downfall. Like there's some things that you can do to constantly upkeep, whether it's meditating or getting enough sleep or doing you know any type of light exercise it could be reading or date night or whatever it is maybe my question would be what what are some of your whether it's personal or professional upkeeps how can you prioritize you know that this this scheduling put the things that are most important in your life is that is that something that you talk about at all or sort of yeah. encourage other people in your life to do yeah big time yeah we big time and so we, um, you know, a lot of what we do, again, hinges off of that 40X framework. And so we've got with our leadership group, we have, um, you know, a lot of operational reporting that we've tried to standardize so that they can all look at their businesses, ideally, in a, in a similar, you know, through a similar lens. Um, then we have monthly commitments. Um, we also have a daily top seven uh, that we encourage people to do, which really says, um, you know, in alignment with Pearson's law, which is the amount of time it takes to complete a task will expand or contract to fit the time allotted. Mm-hmm. So we, we, have, we believe that there's, you know, seven to 10 key things every day that need to happen. And, and we need to, uh, to specify an amount of time that we give ourselves to complete those things. And then, um, the, the keystone habits are the small wins that we try to create for everyone every day, uh, surround what we call meds. So meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. Yeah. And, and again, these, these are things that, that we, we talk about, we try to reinforce as best we can. We want to institutionalize everything. So we try to create a system that people can see and touch and feel and then, and then replicate in their, in their business. And, you know, so to specifically answer your question, I think those keystone things for me are huge. Like I, I feel like most people, two things in our industry, most people, and they don't even know this, 
they suffer from chronic dehydration and lack of sleep mm-hmm. and they don't even know mm-hmm. they don't, they literally don't even know what's robbing them of their energy. And, 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 and then I would say if people can get beyond those two hurdles, just encouraging every single person to get out and do something yep. that improves their, their physical and mental health. Yep. Um, and what I mean by is get outside, just yeah. do something, just yeah. do something that represents an improvement over yesterday. And for some people, that may mean just stand up for five minutes every yeah. hour. And yeah. we talk a lot about that. In fact, in our staff meetings, um, you know, I always encourage some sharing with our staff. And then at the end, conclude with, hey, if you're, we're no good to us if you're not great to yourself. So you, 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 you got to be good to yourself and, you know, sharing, um, you know, the, these personal improvements factor on our. So we have an accountability call with our staff every Monday morning. So by 9.30 a.m., I've talked to virtually every single person in the organization, all the leaders, all the department heads, and they've talked to their staff, and everyone is on a 4DX cadence of accountability weekly. And we end those calls with, what are you going to do this week to improve over last week? And that's just some, you know, someone just declaring to their peers, I'm going to drink, you know, 120 ounces of water, or I'm going to walk five days a week, or whatever it might be. And so I think, again establishing that in the cadence of accountability that you set up is critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it puts it out there and, you know, it's all around the med. So some people will say meditation or yeah. exercise or, Hey, I'm going to change my diet up or, Hey, no, 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 um, you know, not, you know, no, no protein or no uh, meat this week, no red meat yeah. or no, no starch or dairy, you know, whatever it might be. So yeah. this is how it's you all, get... it's all meant to, all meant to create those small wins, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you're doing it 50,000 people at a time. Yeah. This is how you get an army of giants <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. to go where you want them to go. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think That's it's the idea. It is man. And, and listen, we can't thank you enough. This is, you know, this, this is what I love is that I think that a lot of friends that I, that I know that got into the real estate business, um, it can be a very lonely business and it can be one that you feel like you don't have the support that you need to really, um, experience any level of success. But honestly, the last five minutes of what you just talked about, I mean, who does that? Like who is able to invest at such a level that they care about if you're drinking enough water or if you Mm -hmm. get enough sleep? I mean, that's, that. that is an entirely, um, it's a culture thing that, that, uh, you know, as Jim, sort of has the Bible of that, his book culture that rocks. It is literally, um, why people want to work for you, uh, as an organization and you specifically, Chris, I think that as a leader, it, it, it shines and is something that I just think, um, is probably your most valuable asset as a brand no is, doubt. is this culture that actually cares about its people. It's refreshing. Um, it is. And I, how can people stay in touch? How, how I'm sure now we are going to have 10,000 more people who say, I want to be a Berkshire Hathaway <laughs> agent. What's the best way for them to stay in touch with you? Yeah. Well, first of all, we'd love that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the, Currently, uh, the best place to uh, be engaged with me and see all of the content that I create and how I'm engaging with our networks and industry is on my Facebook page, which I'm at HSF. So that's our parent company. H is in home, S is in services, F is in franchise. So HSF Chris Stewart, and it's S-T-U-A-R-T. That's awesome. 
Well, listen, man, we can't thank you enough. Sorry it took us a little bit to get here, but man, are we happy that uh, we finally landed and uh, we just appreciate you. Love what you're doing there and uh, anything that we can do to support you and and the team there, you just let us know. But uh, thank you so much for joining us on Thoughts That Rock. Likewise, guys, the feeling is mutual. I appreciate both of you very much. You got it. We'll talk to you soon. Rock on, Chris. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we both used to be exclusively represented by Kepler speakers. But now it's just me. Brant is on his own. So to hire Brant, good luck getting a hold of him. For me or both of us, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock on!